Good morning. Welcome to King of Kings. Uh, if we have any first-time visitors, I'd like you to just uh, take a moment and sign our register so we can know who you are. I won't embarrass you and have you stand up. Uh, I, I always found that kind of off-putting. Um, but um, we're going to be doing some different things this morning. And the first one I want to talk about, well, let me do the announcements and then I'm going to talk about communion. The announcements here. Large and small porters of prayer are in the back. So if you're looking for a devotional to guide you through the week, they're back there in both large and small print. Um, the envelopes, I think we need to put the envelopes away. So take a moment and look. If there's a name there that you recognize and can deliver it, please do. But then I think it's June, almost half the year is gone. I think we just have accepted some envelopes aren't going to go out. Um, third. Prayers for Bob Schneider was admitted to the hospital this morning with very low blood sugar. So keep Bob in your prayers. And also, uh, we had, uh, I had a prayer request earlier this week for Paul and Jermina, who are Anna, and it's not Sanow, but she's Jeff Sanow's wife. Um, he joined recently. She, they're going to be going to Uganda to celebrate their wedding in a Roman Catholic church there. And it's been a lot of paperwork for him. But Anna has already left for Uganda to get there to be with her parents. Well, I got an email from Jeffrey yesterday saying that um, they are, Paul is doing much better and even Jemina is starting to come around and recover. So please keep your prayers for them. Um, they were both, they both were struck with COVID. Um, one other announcement here, anyone interested in helping with ushering, reading or communion Please go to the church office after service and see Barbara, and she can give you the lowdown on that. And as many people as we can who will help out, I'm a, I am a believer that the more people that are involved in the worship service, the more full the worship service is. I mean, this is a Lutheran church. Lutherans do not subscribe to entertainment evangelism. In a Lutheran church, Worship is a verb, it's an action verb. And the more that we do, that's why we do the ups and downs. That's why we respond. In fact, probably nobody sings better in a congregation than Lutherans do, I'll give him that. So, um, and now, communion. We have been doing communion by distributing little elements beforehand and then communing together. We are going back to something new. Um, while we are gonna be using regular elements and coming forward, you will come here. Up on the altar, there is this beautiful loaf of whole loaf of bread that will be broken. And I will do the consecration of the elements from back here. But after I consecrate the element, elements, this week, Marion, Marilyn, Marion, Marilyn, I'm sorry, names in me, it's just Marilyn and Chris will assist me. And they will each take a cup. They will take a silver cup, which will have wine in it. And this little tray cup, the cup in there will have grape juice. Where you will come forward, I will tear a piece of bread and give it with the words, the body of Christ broken for you. Or, and then you will go, depending on which side of the aisle you are sitting on, you will go to that side or the other side because you'll come up together, both sides of the aisle, and then you'll be able to dip your bread into the, either the wine 
or the grape juice. Now I will sanitize my hands and clean them beforehand to eliminate germs. And I just ask you when you dip, you just need to touch the bread to the wine. You don't need to duck it down to your wrist. Just, <laughs> just touch the bread to the wine and, t and take that. Now, if you do not feel safe yet receiving communion, communion communally, we have individual elements in the back, so as people are coming up, just go across the other side and go back down the side aisles and pick the elements up, and you can do a self-serve. If, and I don't see anybody that this may apply to, but if you're a young child who has not received communion instruction um, or are uncomfortable receiving it, please come forward, just cross your arms in front of yourself, and you will receive a blessing. Um, there will probably be a few little rough patches as this is, like I said, it's something old but new. Um, but we will be able to get through it if we're patient together, okay? So, like I said, we will, we will commune today and we will commune in a more traditional way. And uh, it's because it's new, there might be a little stutter here and there, but we will get through it and we will learn together. Any questions? Okay, any announcements? You have an announcement. Take the microphone, because I didn't hear you last week, Chris. It's on the chair over there. Good morning. I'm going to be sending down, I'm sure you're familiar with these from years back, clipboard. And we're going to be starting to open up. They opened up the hall last Sunday with a great attendance for the jams. Friday, we're going to be starting the dinners and the dances that we used to have. Trial and error, so we're gonna try this and see how it goes. So on there you'll have your name, and it'll have attending, it'll have setup, serving, and cleanup, which is important to us because we need help to make these events work. And we're hoping everyone comes because it was fun, and we're starting slowly, so bear with us, but we do really, really need to start to get together everyone. And we really appreciate your attendance and your help. They'll be going down each side of the church. Thank you. And while Chris is passing that around, I have a few sign-ups. I'd like a few more. Um, this is a, this will be about a six to eight week study on prayer for healing and wholeness. No, you don't have to come up and pray and lay hands on people if you don't want to. And no, you don't have to make, if, you, if you'd like to participate or aren't sure words, there are um, petitions that are already prepared that you'll, we find that they're, in our, our, they're both in the green book, they're in the new red book, they're in the occasional services book. This is something that has been part of Lutheran traditions for years and years, and we've kind of been lost. Um, but yet as we experience that one Sunday, there's a great need and a great desire for that kind of intimacy of laying on of hands and having prayers set for you. And I would like to run a course so people can learn more about that. So there's a sign-up sheet on that pillar in the narthex. And like I said, I'm gonna advertise this for maybe one more week and then I'm gonna go with it, however we go. So please keep this in mind and sign up. One other thing. <laughs> For those who take communion to the homebound, I don't know who all does that, but anybody who does, 
I have obtained a little worship service that goes with that. So when you show up and you don't know what to do, or you would like to do something a little bit more formal, especially considering you're taking communion to someone who's not able to worship with us, it's a short worship service in big print. It's self-explanatory. The parenthesized verses are for the person who's receiving. So you take two copies of this with you. You take the bulletin for the day, so you have the prayer of the day and the gospel, and you have a little worship service when you take communion. There, I have 10 copies here. They will be in the back um, of the church, and I invite those who are taking communion to Homebound to avail yourself of these. Probably what we'll do, if it works real well, we'll probably make them up and have them laminated so we can keep the sheets handy. Uh, with that, are there any other, enough announcements, right? Enough announcements this morning. Get to worship, Pastor. <laughs> I invite those who are able to stand as we begin our worship. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the God of manna, the God of miracles, the God of mercy. Amen. Drawn to Christ and seeking God's abundance, let us first confess our sins. God, our provider, help us. It is hard to believe there is enough to share. We question your ways when we differ from the ways of the world in which we live. We turn to our own understanding rather than trusting in you. We take offense at your teachings and your ways. Turn us again to you. Where else can we turn? Share with us the words of eternal life and feed us for life in the world. Amen. Beloved people of God, in Jesus, the manna from heaven, you are fed and nourished. By Jesus, the worker of miracles, there is always more than enough. Through Jesus, the bread of life, you are shown God's mercy. You are forgiven and loved into abundant life. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Please join me in praying the prayer of the day. O God, you are the tree of life, offering shelter to all the world. Graft us into yourself and nurture our growth, that we may bear your truth and love to those in need. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The first reading is from Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of a cedar. I will set it out. I will break off a tender one from the topmost of its young twigs. I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain high of Israel, I will plant it in order that it may produce boughs and bear fruit and become noble cedar under every kind of bird will live in the shade of its branches will nest winged creatures of every kind all the trees of the field shall know that i am the lord i bring low the high tree i make the high tree the low tree i dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish i the lord have spoken i will accomplish it the word of the lord to God. Let us read responsively Psalm 92. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. And praise to him. To herald your love in the morning. On psaltery and on the lyre. For you have made me glad by your acts, O Lord. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Those who planted in the house of the Lord, they shall still bear fruit in old age, that they may show how upright the Lord is. The second reading the second reading is from Corinthians. We are also confident every though even though we know that while we are at home in the body we are away from the Lord for we walk by faith not by sight. Yes, we do have confidence and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away we make it our aim to please him. For all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade others, but we ourselves are well known to God, and I hope that we are also well known to your consciences. We are not commending ourselves to, to you again, but giving you an opportunity to boast about us so that we may be able to answer those who boast in outward appearance and not in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in the right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ urges us on because we are convinced 
that one has died for all, and therefore all have died. And he died for us so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew him, knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed, passed away. See, everything has become new. The word of the Lord. I invite those who are able to stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the fourth chapter. Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself, first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like the mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds of the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. But he did, he did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. The Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. When paradigm shifts, everything moves. When paradigms shift, everything moves. I heard those words at a conference that I attended. No, it was 1994, so quite a few years ago. Um, it was a conference on changing church, and the speaker was referring to how the demographics of our society had changed and that a greater and greater amount of people were essentially unchurched. They didn't grow up in the church, they didn't know the ways of the church, but there was still a great spiritual hunger for those things that involve what the church should have in spades. But because our traditions have become so rooted and in some ways the message more obscure, it was important that this conference was saying, it was important that we start doing more user-friendly worships or start offering like a seeker service. Now, I'm not advocating one or the other because I'm just explaining the context in which I heard those words. When paradigms shift, everything moves. Paradigms are those common bits of knowledge that we all accept that is how systems work, how systems in nature or systems in science or systems in society work. We call them family systems. We call them 
uh, ecological balance, but paradigms is a broad word. And paradigms have always been shifting. Since the beginning of time, paradigms have been shifting. And sometimes they're great and sometimes they're small. Sometimes it's your own personal life, your own personal paradigms, and some it's social paradigms. These words came back to me, it was 2001, and it was a period of, it was a period of upheaval in my life. Um, a long-term marriage that had become obvious to me was ending. I mean, that was the only healthy thing, the only kind and decent thing to do would be to walk away from each other as cleanly as possible. And it was in the midst of that that I got a phone call from an old boss, someone who I hadn't worked for, for, I'd worked for him for a long time, but I hadn't worked for him for three years. I'd left three years earlier. And in fact, more recently, I had even decided that I didn't want to run work anymore. I didn't need the headaches. I didn't need the problems in my life. It was, it was complicated enough between being involved in church, being a father, and taking care of a home, and also working on my undergrad degree in preparation for being able to go to seminary. I was going to school two to three nights a week. Um, and I had found a very nice, comfortable position. Um, wonderful. Uh, I could ride my bike to work. I rode three times a week to work. It was eight to 10 miles, depending on the route I took. Um, the person who I was working for appreciated all that I brought. And I had a very nice, secure niche. I could ride in on my bike and change out of my sneakers into work shoes. And there were days I didn't even have to change out of my sneakers because I'd get these really nice, sweet little cushy jobs to do, like go around and hang pictures in offices or reassemble furniture. It was in the midst of this same time that I got a call from him, my old boss. And he wanted to talk to me. He wanted me to come back. Let's work out the differences we had. Let's, I got this job that has your name all over it. Um, and I remembered those words. When paradigms shift, everything moves. And as one major paradigm in my life was about to shift and change, I recognized that there was gonna be others. So I made that change. And that, those changes steamrolled over the next several years. Whereas I never thought that I was gonna find myself in a relationship again I found myself in a relationship and ended up getting remarried, which I didn't plan on. I planned on being more of like a monk than a, than a, than a husband. I moved. I had to sell the home that I'd lived in for 20 years, a home that I remodeled inside and out from top to bottom. I ended up having to sell that and I moved five times in the preceding years from one place to another as things shifted. Um, and paradigm shifts, everything moves. So when you're knowing that you're going into an extreme period of change in life, expect that there's going to be more changes. And while our human instinct is to hang on to all the other constants, it's really often better just to let them go and accept the changes that come. 
This happens in our social way because at that same time, we had a huge social paradigm shift. We had the advent of 9-11, and there was a huge shift in our way our society operated. We became more security conscious. We became more distrustful. We also became more willing to let freedoms go in the name of safety, in the illusion of safety. When paradigm shifts, everything moves, but not all moves are good. Now, you might be wondering what this has to do with any of the lessons that you heard. Well, when Marilyn, I'll get that right one, I'm terrible with names. When Marilyn read that lesson from 2 Corinthians, Paul was talking to a community that had experienced a huge paradigm shift in their lives. They had gone from whatever faith they were following, whether that was they were a traditional Jew following that one God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or whether they were a Greek, had followed any, sudden, uh, any other collection of pagan faiths and had turned their lives over to trust and following of Jesus Christ. The other thing to remember through the, most of the earlier and into the later Pauline epistles is that Paul was convinced, especially in like 1 Thessalonians, it's the first, the earliest letter we have of Paul's, Paul was convinced that Jesus was coming back any day now. Any day now. Any day now, it's going to happen. That's why he said, it's better not to marry. If you're, if you're not in a relationship, don't seek to be in a relationship because Jesus is coming back any day now. Well, 2 Corinthians, which is actually probably 2 and 3 Corinthians, most scholars will say that it's probably two letters that are combined together, remnants of two letters that have been kind of better because there's unevenness throughout it. 2 Corinthians is Paul assuring that church in Corinth that Jesus is still going to come back. However, it might not be today and it might not be tomorrow. But continue to live your life that way. Continue to love. And that's good advice. I, today, even still today, 2,000 years later, when maybe the idea that Jesus is coming back today and not even tomorrow is more central to our thinking, but living your life also in that tension that you're still living that Jesus might be returning any day now is one of the great disciplines of discipleship. Because if you thought Jesus was coming back today, you would sure clean up a lot of those messes that you have in your life. You'd sure become a lot more focused on reading the Bible. You sure would pray a lot more if you thought Jesus' coming back was imminent. So it's an important concept. But Paul brings up a very important letter, part, a very important line in that letter right at the very end of the reading. And this is the one I want to read. And then I want to contextualize it for today. So, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. See, everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. When paradigm shifts, everything moves. 
Everything old has passed away, and if you're in Christ, everything becomes new. We, today, in this world, throughout the entire world, are in the midst of a tremendous paradigm shift. COVID-19 has changed a lot of practices, has changed a lot of preconceptions, has changed the way a lot of things are done, the way a lot of things will be done in the future. Now, as we hurry as the church to get back to the way it was, I'm inviting you to take a pause and think maybe the way it was needs a little bit of change. See, part of the kingdom of God is anticipating these big social changes, recognizing these paradigm shifts, and working to fulfill, the, to complete, to bring in a fuller kingdom of God in not just our lives, but the world in which we live in. As paradigms shift, often the results have been negative. The rich have definitely gotten richer, but more people have discovered that they can work from home just as productively as going to work. And after there was initial shift back and forth, some businesses are saying, you know what? We don't need people coming into an office every day to do their job. In fact, our best employees work better when they stay home. And if we get together once in a while and just sort of catch up, it's enough. So office sizes are downsizing. Both my youngest daughter and her husband's companies have said that there will be no return to nine to five office space. And I know other friends in that same situation. I have a daughter now who has found that she can work from home all the time. My oldest daughter works from home all the time. And while there's been struggles, especially in education, I think in the long run, if we are faithful, if we are good disciples, then everything can turn out better than it was before. Now, this can be very disconcerting because basically I'm saying the sand is shifting under our feet and the sand is shifting under our feet all the time. But in Christ, everything is made new. So remember the promise of the cross. Remember that in your baptism, you know, we think of this as a once and done, but this is really more like a perpetual shower that all day, all night, through everything you do, the waters of the baptism are constantly dripping down upon you and cleaning you from all that brokenness. This is part of the gift of faith. This is central to who we are as Christians. Forgiveness and grace and the love of God are eternal. So how often and how readily and how crazy paradigm shift, there is one rock that we can anchor ourselves on, and that is the love of God in Jesus Christ. Amen.
you have heard the word of faith, the gospel of salvation. We believe in him and are marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. Living together in trust and hope, let us confess our faith, faith as is found in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to death. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and a life everlasting. Amen. Let us come before the triune God in prayer. Holy God, you plant the seeds of faith in every nation and live in your church so that the good news of your grace may root and grow throughout the world. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Creator, even the trees, shrubs, and flowers 
delight in your goodness. From the depths of the soil to the highest mountain, bring forth new plants, restore growth to places suffering drought. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Judge of nations, we pray for our leaders and those in power. Grant them the ability to regard those under their charge with humility, dedicating their lives in service to others. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Divine Comforter, you show compassion to those in need and provide relief to those who call on you. Bless all who suffer, especially people trapped in cycles of poverty and homelessness. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Sovereign God, this house of worship belongs to you. We give thanks and pray for our church musicians, especially Karen, Carol, Carl, and the choir. We dedicate you the joyful noise that comes from this place, the cries of children, the melody of voice and instruments, and the songs from our hearts. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Merciful God, we pray for the healing to all those who are suffering, especially Gail, Nancy, Sharon, Christine, Isabel, Ron, Isaiah, Claire, Jean, Ken, Sharon, Phil, Robert, Violet, Bob, Dory, Terry, Diane, Marjorie, Jermina, Paul, Robert, Sarah, Joy, Suzette, Adam, and Bob. Lord, in your mercy, hear our, hear prayer. our prayer. Eternal God, we give thanks for our ancestors in the faith who are now at home with you. We look forward to that day when we are reunited in your new creation. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Lord, at this time, we lift up those petitions of our heart, those situations that we are praying for. We lift them up both aloud and silently. Well, we do lift our prayers to you, O God, trusting in your abiding grace. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. Please be seated. This time we're actually going to take our offering in a more traditional way. So, and we'll hear our choir sing.
Let us pray the offering prayer as one voice. Jesus, bread of life, you have set this table with your very self. You called us to the feast of plenty. Gather what has been sown among us and strengthen us in this meal. Make us what we receive here, your body for the life of the world. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all time and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Holy Father Jesus Son, who on this day overcame death in the grave and is now let us join together with the choir of heavens that we praise your name and join their unending hymns. night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This is a cup in the new this cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for remembrance of me. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us now pray as Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. And now just some quick relay of instructions. If you're counting mistakes, there's one. I looked at the wrong page. The preface was on the other side. So I looked at it, and there's a bunch of dots, and I froze. So one mistake down, but um, I will break the bread. Um, Marilyn and Chris will each take a cup of grape juice, or uh, grape juice, white grape juice, and a cup of wine. So purple is wine, clear is grape juice. I will, you'll come up on both sides of the aisle. I will hand you a piece of bread with the words, the body of Christ given for you. 
you'll go to the same side you're sitting on to be either Marilyn or Chris, and you'll dip your bread, and I just have to dip it in um, either the grape juice or the wine, and you'll hear the words, the blood of Christ shed for you. Christ is fully present in all elements, so if there's some reason you can't take one or the other or neither, the communion is all complete. If you are still hesitant or coming up and taking communion communally, while the people are coming forward, coming to the center and come forward, I invite you to go to the outside and go to the back, and there's a tray back there with elements on that you can self-serve. So I will serve the choir, actually I'll serve the two communion assistants first, then we will serve the choir, and then we will come down. When we come down, you can just stand and come down the aisle on the side you are sitting. All are invited to the Lord's table. Come, let us taste what is good. The body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ given and shed for you. Jesus, bread of life, we have received from your table more than we could ever ask. As you have nourished us in this meal, now strengthen us to love the world with your own life. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And now, the blessing of God who provides for us, feeds us, 
and journeys with us be upon you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace, you are the body of Christ.